Welcome to Local Locus, the podcast where we put the spotlight on local and underground heavy music. I'm Jake. I'm Houston. And I'm Tyler from Tired Violence, and you're listening to Local Locus. Yeah, man. So, uh, we got a little bit of a special episode today, right? Yeah. Today is June 30th. You're listening on or after July 5th. We are ecstatic to be bringing you this guest episode with one of, honestly, my favorite band dudes. Oh, Thanks sick, so much dude. for coming out, Tyler. Thank you, man. That <laughs> it means a lot, honestly, because like, I just look at myself like a regular ass, like fucking almost 30-year-old dad, and you're over here like, he's one of my favorite <laughs> band dudes. Maybe that's part of the aesthetic. It's the combination of those aesthetics that I find charming. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. You're like, he can mow the lawn and scream into a microphone. <laughs> Get you a man who can do both. <laughs> so, Jake, before we get into our talking to Tyler a little bit, later on, what kind of band are you going to bring? Give us a little teaser. Uh, I got some classic death metal from the northeast of England. What did you bring for us, Tyler? So, I'm bringing a, a band that is uh, very near and dear to me, whether they know it or not. Uh, my band, Misgiving, played with them one time. Uh, they were super cool dudes. And they're uh, the heavier style of metalcore with a lot of, like, really, like, shrill sort of harmonic guitar effects and cool shit. So, really stoked. Yeah, that's what I call Australian metalcore. <laughs> uh, so, it's, like, post-Australian gatorcore or some <laughs> shit? Like... <laughs> Post Outback Core. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Fucking Bloomin' Onion Core. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Houston, uh, what do you got? So, uh, if you ever listen to the show, no surprises here. I've got some uh, hardcore from Texas as our breakdown of the week. <laughs> Fucking dude, I, I've just started writing down on my notes when I'm like, all right, what kind of band is this? I just keep putting the Houston special. Yep. <laughs> so. So Tyler Morris is singer-songwriter. He's a singer-songwriter from Virginia, relatively uh, quite close in the world to us here in North Carolina. Originally, I met you, Tyler, by, by talking to you about like uh, Misgiving. And that's that metalcore, post-hardcore band that you've been working on with Joseph that you were just telling us about. Um, and now you're into something new with this kind of alt-rock, like post-pop punk almost, kind of solo project called Tired Violence. And the thought of what you need Yeah, you know what? That's a really good way to put it, like post-pop punk. Everyone asks me, they're like, what kind of music is that? I'm like, oh, it's like poppy, emo, alternative. Like, And I can never like figure out how to discuss <laughs> it, but you just said like post-pop punk, and I was like, that like hits the nail on the head. Yeah, I really also like heavy post-emo. Yes, that's pretty much what it is. And um, so it's, it's pretty fun, man. It's something different. It definitely plays on a lot of the influences that like, I had when I really got into music very strongly and decided like I was going to be a vocalist or whatever. Um, bands like Silverstein and like Hawthorne Heights and, uh, Greeley Estates and, you know, all those bands that I was listening to. My favorite band of all time. It's, it's never a secret. I have a friggin' tattoo is Under Oath. Um, so, uh, I feel like a lot of people recognize that and like the way I scream and stuff and my, my clean vocals, like a lot of people say are very like reminiscent of like Silverstein and stuff. So if you're talking about tattoo inspiration, you've also got the, like the color morale, which also fits, right? 
Yep. Yep. And I have a Greeley Estates tattoo as well. Like, I don't know. I, I stopped getting tattoos before I could like finish paying like, you know, tribute to all these like bands and stuff. And it wasn't really my choice. I mean, it just, when you have like three kids and all this other stuff, you, it becomes less of a, a priority to get tattoos, but <laughs> I do want to get more. And, uh, so I'm like, I'm always just like, man, like, I really wish I could get more cause I don't feel like I'm done yet. Um, but yeah, man. So this music really hits on a lot of my, my influences. Um, I don't know if you guys listened to it yet, but did you guys check out the, the latest misgiving release we did? Yep. Indeed. The new single, right? Yeah. Avoidance. Okay. Hey, hi, my name's Ty. Say that it's real nice to meet you, but I've learned that it's not good to lie. And since I'm so honest, I'll make you a promise that I'm not trying to be so rude. Really, I swear it's me, not you. It's nothing personal, I'm just awkward and shy. Shy away and hide my face from everyone that's in the room. Cause if our eyes don't meet, then we want me. Kind of builds up that spoken word. Yep. In a way, and almost like a rap style. And which was just like, I was like, this is not what I was expecting. But I remember I sent it to a friend and I was like, hey, can you like give me what you think about this before we release it? Because I'm kind of worried because it's very different. And his response, no shit, word for word was, I love Linkin Park. <laughs> and I was like, thanks, man. <laughs> Fucking, I appreciate it. So. Yeah, with like a new metal re- like revival within like modern heavy music, you see a lot of people saying, I love Linkin Park, (laughs) when they're not listening to Linkin Park these days. I I do, though. Like, low fucking key, I really do love Linkin Park, and so, like, I kind of took it as a compliment, but didn't tell him. That's the thing about 2020, is you don't have to be listening to Linkin Park to be like, I fucking love Linkin Park anymore. (laughs) Dude, deadass, like, I feel like 2020 is, like, the year where everyone just, like, gave up trying to, like, like, be cool and hide what they listen to. I mean, it started, I want to say, like, really, like, last year and stuff, but, like, now people are coming out the cut being like, hey, yo, fuck you, I be listening to Nickelback, and I'm like, dude, all right, fucking cool. (laughs) Dude, just at me while you're at it, okay? (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean i mean, <laughs> I mean I'm, no lie dude I'm, I'm i'm so serious i me and joseph talked dude, about that it. first record man come on dude no me and joseph <laughs> talked about it we were like dude so like does people do people really actually hate nickelback and he was like i mean i'm gonna be real like i actually kind of fuck with them i was like honestly same and so we started talking <laughs> about it and there was like uh, he lived like right underneath me we had bought an apartment like right above him like I, th- I think we were still there last year and um it was so funny because I, I have Rock Band for Xbox and I was like going through the song list and I saw a Nickelback song there and I'm not even kidding. Like I fucking like sent him a Snapchat of it in the store and of me purchasing it and then like no joke like, like he was waiting when you got home dude, dead ass like i was already home he was home right and i sent it to him and i was like i purchased it and i'm not even kidding there was a knock on my door like 30 seconds later and he was like word what are we playing like, <laughs> it's funny I miss that it. That reminds me of like the time Slash got like addicted to Guitar Hero. <laughs> <laughs> it really is like that. Like I mean, well, I miss thing? those games. <laughs> you don't have to tell me, dude. Guitar Hero Three is like, I actually for the first time about six months ago beat through the Fire and the Flames on Expert. Oh shit! I can't say I did it alone because my one of my roommates, one of my good friends, Spencer. He was holding down the green button for the beginning part so I could tap with both fingers. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. You know what? It's still a victory. I don't give a shit. <laughs> and after that, I was like, okay, 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 okay. And he like moved his hand and I just like, I'm like sweating. <laughs> and everybody's just like watching me like, why is he fucking so heated about this? And I'm like, guys, you don't understand. I'm doing it. <laughs> no, for real. Like that shit was intense. I used to love those games so much, dude. And like, I don't know, like me and Joseph really, 
I miss like living above him. We were roommates for a while. And then when the apartment above him became available, me and my wife just moved into that one. And like, it's so weird because now he lives like, I mean, not far, like 20 minutes at max away, but like, we're all so busy now and everything. And like, dude, we used to like do everything together. So, I mean, I still talk to him like, like really frequently and stuff, but I do wish that misgiving was still as serious as it used to be. But with his job being, um, really demanding and uh with him getting acclimated to that and trying to be there for his kid and be a good dad and and you know be a do the career that he does so misgiving just kind of became a hobby and this is how i you know decided i was going to do tired violence um and i think i'm just at a point now where i'm not going to keep myself in that realm either um I have some stuff coming out that I'm working on actually that is going to be much heavier for Tired Violence. And I have, um, I'm going to be real with you. I'm writing like an R&B song for Tired Violence as well. Like I'm just really playing <laughs> on, I'm so serious. I'm just playing on everything that I can because like, it's just all stuff I want to do. Like Tired Violence to me is just like this, this brand and it is the brand that I'm allowing myself to be an artist under and allowing myself to express like freely and, and have full creative control. Anybody who supports me a hundred percent, dude, I, I love you guys and you don't have to like everything that I do when I'm creating it. I don't want to like stop myself from doing something because I get the thought of like, well, are people going to like this or are people not going to like it? Like I, I'm just, I'm tired of feeling that way. Like, I just want to create things. I want to be uh, able to freely express. So with that in mind, this is why I started Tired Violence. And 100%, like, I'm not saying, like, fuck my fans or whatever, you know, because I 100% <laughs> love those people who support me, you know. I don't want to be a dickhead. But, like, I just I want people to understand that this is my outlet. This is my creative, you know, expression. But, yeah, man, so this is going to be a, a hell of a ride. It's going to be a, a really broad project um but i'm noticing a lot more artists doing things like that like look at uh like post malone he just be writing shit and like you know doesn't really care and then like look at like uh i don't know if you guys have listened to them but sleep token they're another band that just does like the one song will be heavy as shit and like the next song will be super slow and really melodic and you know spacey and have a lot of singing and so it's just I'm happy that more people are trying to be artists and stop just like tethering themselves to one genre and one specific demographic and just be like, I'm writing all this music, you know, for, for this one audience. It's just that sort of idea that music is, is one of those things where we have so much room for expression, dude. We can create when like, there's so many different sounds and effects and, and whatever. And like, why do I just want to keep writing a song? That's just like, dun, 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 dun. like, I don't want to keep <laughs> doing that over and over and over again. Like it's fun. Now you might as well at me, dude. <laughs> no, but for real, like, no, it's fun. It is. I love music like that. Do not get me wrong. I will fucking get the fuck down to some shit like that. hundred percent. But at the end of the day, that's not all I listen to. That's not all I want to create. My mm -hmm. discography is like, not discography, sorry. My music library is so fucking expansive and weird. Like I'll listen to like shit that's like indie folk music with like banjos and xylophones and tambourines <laughs> and triangles and shit. And then I'll like turn around and listen to like hip hop, you know, or, like, like fucking like method man or whatever. And then like, you know, switch to listening to like fucking, uh, you know, soul keeper, which is a band that, you know, we're going to get into a little later um 
which is like a really heavy metal metalcore band, not medical band. Jesus, um, uh, <laughs> that's some slamming brutal stuff. <laughs> fucking have an ambulance at that show. Um, but no, I mean it's. Uh, God, my dad jokes are so bad. Um, but anyway. <laughs> Do they get better with each kid? Like, did the jokes just increase? I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what happens, dude. It's like, yeah, you. It's it's like a it's like a sim skill. Like, I stand in the mirror to practice my charisma, and I'm just going and then like all of a sudden, like a meter above my head fills up, and then like my dad joke level just becomes awesome. But uh, <laughs> no, but for real, I mean, I I do. I have such an expansive like uh library on like my Spotify or whatever, and um. Like, one thing I really love that's, like, I'm not even gonna say it's a guilty pleasure. It's, like, a legitimate, like, addiction. I love things like vocoders and talk boxes and shit like that. Like, those sort of effects, like, oh, dude, they're so cool to me. I love them. And so, like... Yeah, I saw you just on Facebook picked up a new talk box, and you're gonna learn some Bon Jovi. I did, dude. (laughs) Dude, oh, dude, all right, so I'm gonna be real with you. Bon Jovi was, like, one of my favorite bands when I was a kid. Um, Just flat (laughs) out. I uh, see so it's weird though see so like look at that influences right there I didn't like I wasn't like born like coming out of the I, mean, I guess I was coming out of the womb screaming but um you know what I mean like I like I, when I was now like, we're talking my metal right here hey. oh god um, no but uh I guess that's still medical isn't it um but yeah so like uh I didn't like I wasn't listening to music like that you know when I was a kid or, or very rarely you know my dad was into like I mean, like, I hate to throw my dad out there like that, but he was like Cannibal Corpse and, you know, Slayer and, but for a very short period of time, you know, but he listened to shit like, like Poison and like Kiss and, you know, stuff like that. Um, and then he would like, you know, Black Sabbath, Ozzy Osbourne's my dad's favorite artist and he's who I got most of my musical influence from. But then he would listen to like the Beach Boys and like the Beatles and, um, you know, and so, I mean, I had this like, broad like sort of like rock sort of interest from him and then my grandparents would listen to country and oldies music and you know spending time with them and then my mom would listen to gospel and pop and like you know a a small amount of like glam rock and uh you know whatever and and country and so like I just I kept hearing music everywhere and I, I was never like off put by any of it any of it you know i'm not one of those people that's like well if it's country fuck it like you know i'm never like <laughs> upset about it you know I like there's some country, country songs country that i'm like <laughs> yeah no but for real, like there's some country songs that dead ass when they come on i'm like yo if you touch that i will fucking kill you this song slaps um <laughs> like don't fucking play with me bro um but like dead serious dude like i just music for me is it's one of those things where I could never just listen to one genre. I would get tired of listening to one genre. I would get bored, you know? I don't want to paint with just the color blue, you know? I, I, I don't want to really keep myself... Uh, like I don't want to become stagnant. I don't want to keep myself holed up. It would be so boring to eat the same food every day, to use, you know, the same, you know, color when you're painting or whatever, you know, to write the same lyrics or about the same topics or just whatever it may be i can't do it because i'm not going to be authentic it's not going to be organic anymore it's just going to be rehashed material that i'm forcing myself to write and i'm going to get bored and we get tired and i'm not going to enjoy writing anymore and that's not what i want to do i want to give people stuff that's authentic that that feels good to me um and hopefully feels good to them and that is uh, I'm not going to use the term unique necessarily, but like that's honest. I want to be transparent and that's inspired. I, that There you go. There, that's exactly what it is. I want to feel inspired and I want to create stuff that is inspired or inspiring. Sorry, okay.
If you're listening to this podcast right now, High Wraith by Tired Violence is already out. You can go listen wherever you listen to music, and uh, it will also be on our Local Locust podcast playlist on Spotify if you want to go find that, alongside every other band we've ever had the pleasure of featuring. So go give Tired Violence a follow on social media, at Tired Violence Band, on Instagram and Facebook, and of course, go give the new song a spin. If you don't do it, I hope you step on a Lego. Stay tuned to hear Tyler talk with us about some other cool new releases, guest host style. We each have a band to dig into. Coming up next. Alright, moving into our first band. This is the classic death metal band from northeast of England. This band's live burial with the album Unending Futility... And this is the song Swing of the Pendulum. Yeah, this album just instantly like caught my ear just because, as you know, one of my favorite bands is just Death. So this has got a very reminiscent of like early Death, uh, early Obituary, and like even some early Entombed. Yeah, this stuff is like fast, riffy, evil, gnarly. Um, and in that little bit there, I I thought the bass had a really prominent role as well. I hadn't really noticed that before in the mix. Actually, yeah, no, for real. I that's something that um I I took note of is like this band seems to have like a really nice use of bass and like it really does like just feel so metal and in a weird way the production is very reminiscent of like older like metal and yeah like even the even the bands i was recommending it sounds like they wanted this sound sound like they were coming out of like that early death or like that early death metal coming out of florida like in the late 80s it sounds like just they just wanted to continue off of that sound yeah, I think the production really suits this style and this genre. It's like every instrument is like simultaneously the perfect combination of muddy and distinguished. So there's like this great balance, um, which is like, you know, it almost sounds like, why would you want things to sound muddy? But it's like, it's very stylistic, right? I think like it, it has like this natural wash to it like where like there's there's like the distortion and the symbols and like honestly a lot of the stuff is very like high in mids or high in treble and so it i don't want to use the term like glassy but it is like a lot of it's very like sharp sounding i, I guess like back then it was really just all about like making noise and and you know just kind of like seeing how far you could go um so i definitely think that the production is very reminiscent of that i think it's kind of cool because the production is like, well, this is their third release. It's their second full length. And it's like their sophomore LP. I think that the production is this, it's better than and worse than their earlier releases in only the right ways, respectively. So like their first EP was very like sludgy. It was like uh, kind of like doom metal. It was, it was much more like Black Sabbath, like you mentioned. And so it had that kind of production to it. And they kept that muddiness. Their next record was like this classic thrashy death metal kind of feel where, you know, this much closer to the sound they're at now, but still different. It was almost like they swung all the way one way and came back, right? And so then this record is like the perfect combination of like the sharpness of that snare sound on their second release and like with the muddiness of the first one. It really comes together well here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this is one of those bands that 
it's almost like a uh like paying homage to some of their influences you know what i mean like and they wear it on their sleeve like the facebook page just says old school inspired death metal yeah this is just right up my alley just from the tempo of the record like we said a lot of it's the production it sounds like just stuff was recorded in a basement (laughs) like in the best way as we said yeah no it is it's really like it's it's dark but like in a weird sort of like thrash metal sort of way and uh so it's still like it's not like that low and slow dark sort of ominous sort of shit like it's very fast like in your face like aggressive but yet still retaining that like dark and like you said almost like evil like chaotic sort of quality yeah and i would i would definitely we keep bringing up the band but i would definitely hit a big recommendation of death because if you ever listen to that band they uh it's death metal for sure, obviously, but the musicianship's really there, and I feel that with this band. I feel like they are doing some really cool stuff with the instruments, and they're not scared to change it up a little bit. Like, we mentioned the bass. The bass was really prominent, and they, like, change it up a lot throughout the record. Yeah, we did our guitar solos episode, Ripping Guitar, two episodes ago, where we only featured some of our favorite 2020, basically, lead guitar work on, on, on new albums. Did this album would have fit in perfect on that, rec- on that episode. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's lots of really cool like uh like guitar work and stuff in bands like these because it is really all about just kind of being like aggressive and fast and stuff like that. Yeah, and they did this cool thing. I don't know if you listened to it, but um there was like a little transition track towards the end of the record, uh Winds of Solace, I think, and it was this almost like classical guitar piece on it, like just for a minute of it, and that's like that kind of stuff's just really cool and kind of sets like a mood for the album. Yeah, and sets a mood for that last track, which is like 10 minutes long. It's just like this, like, really builds up for that grand finale. But, like, okay, like, bands like Iron Maiden and all that other stuff, like, you know, way back then, and, like, they were all, like, writing really long, like, metal songs like that, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's the stuff that's up my alley. Normally, like, (laughs) if you can guess what kind of metal I listen to, it's like, if the shortest song on the album is about five minutes, I'm probably going to be into it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We were talking about those guitar solos. And we're talking about how, like, I mean, Tyler, you were talking about how they have this, like, this energy and this, like, stamina and just, like, constant aggression. The solos are interesting because they, they don't feel forced by formula. So while this whole record is very thrashy, it doesn't have that classic thrash feel where it's like, okay, the, each chorus is over. We have to go into a four bar and then a 12 bar, like, guitar solo that's just super flashy. It's like, instead, the only times they go into the solos feel like moments where the song is just getting, like, so out of control that it just erupts into shredding which is cool yeah yeah it's dope it's like these crazy chaotic solos more like in the vein of like slayer and exodus than like a fade to black metallica type solo you know yeah this is like perfect because it was about i'd say like five months ago i was going back through like just an old death metal kick and listen to those all those records from like the late 80s early 90s and it's like this record I've just started putting into that same playlist because it just fits it in fits, so perfect. Yeah, like really well. And it's funny because Houston mentioned like Exodus and honestly, like I haven't heard that name in forever, but like I specifically distinctly remember um, being like maybe like four years old or whatever in one of my dad's cars and like just listening to Exodus's cover of Lowrider and just like getting it. Like I fucking <laughs> thought it was so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that song might just bring back, like, Sleep Paralysis Nightmares of George Lopez, though, and I'm a little scared to turn it <laughs> Dude, on. on. Okay, <laughs> dead ass though. Like, if, if George Lopez would have started, like, with that, like, it would have been so much more metal. 
Oh yeah, dude. Just looking at the artwork alone was so cool. I had to go look into it further. I was like, who is this artist who's making these, you know, these album covers? Mm-hmm. I mean, the art is something that I would just look at like for fun. Yeah, like Iron Maiden, they used to like hide stuff in their uh, their album covers and stuff, and like it was a cool thing to do. Kind of like when you're a kid and you like fucking eat cereal and you look at the back of the box and do like the puzzles <laughs> and shit. Yeah, I guess what we're trying to say is live burial is like eating cereal, and this album artwork is like a cereal box. Yeah, yeah, that's a perfect there analogy. There you go. <laughs> but I looked it up. It's, uh, the artist is Luke Oram, the guy who does the art. He also does the art for Sludge, which is an entirely oh, Sludge-themed slug, progressive Wait, death. Yeah. Houston, Houston, shut up right now, dude. Dude, I was with Logan today, and we went to get Chick-fil-A, and we were talking about like tech death music, and I was like, you remember that band I showed you that was all about slugs and it was like technical death metal? I was literally talking about this like 30 minutes before we popped on Who knew on that like <laughs> two times in one day you were going to be talking about slugs? Dude, fuck me. I feel like I need to listen to this band now. I've never heard of them and I am very it's intrigued. It's actually good. Yeah. <laughs> all of their lyrics are about like being a slug in space. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> the visual art on those records as well as on on live burials two full links is just stunning dude that's lukeorum.com l-u-k-e-o-r-a-m.com and i i mean i just sat on that page there was some animated art i was just staring at it hey what it do it's time for your local locus loyalty program code word your code word today is salad DM us the code word on any of our socials to earn a loyalty point. At three points, earn a free local locust sticker. We said five before, but now it's three. Code word salad. Now back to your regularly scheduled program. All right, that was Swing of the Pendulum by Live Burial off their new album, Unending Futility. What have you got for us, person who's coming up next? I think Tyler is up next. What have you got for us, Tyler, who is up next? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm up to bet, so hopefully it won't be a swing and a miss. Um, I, I've got this band called Soul Keeper. They are, uh, I think as Houston put it, uh, Australian metalcore, which I, they're <laughs> from not Minnesota. from Australia at all. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're from uh, Australia, Minnesota. <laughs> no, they're, they're just such like a gnarly band, dude. They remind me of like, bands kind of like and i hate to bring them up because they have their own like thing going on but like dealer oh man we're um, on the same fucking page yeah dude dude. (laughs) like they remind me of shit like that and like it just kind of sucks that dealer had like that whole thing um and yeah we could probably get into that another time but uh (laughs) yeah dude um yeah soul keeper super good and they're all really nice dudes uh my band misgiving played with them actually uh last summer but it was fun, man. We had a really good time. Um, and Soul Keeper were really good dudes. Bought a hat from them and a shirt from them. But no, I started listening to Soul Keeper one day, like on my way to work or something. Specifically, their song Scattered off of their uh, EP Never Better. And dude, like immediately I was like, fuck, like this is so good. And I was just like so hype. I was like, yep, no, this is it. Like this is one of my favorite bands now. And it's still like that now. They're, uh, they're, not their newest single, but the one they put out before uh, their their newest single. Um, it's called Gorgeous. Dude, me and Joseph will jam the fuck out of that breakdown like every time we're together because it's just so heavy. Yeah, so Soul Keepers definitely, they're the ones I'm bringing today. Before we get too deep into this, 
Uh, as you mentioned, they do have their EP, Never Better, that came out in 2018. As you also mentioned, they have this single called Gorgeous that came out last year in 2019. So good. I thought uh, out of justice for the band, the best song to play, what they would probably prefer us to play, would be their newest single, Heavy Glow, out this year in April. So this is a little bit of Heavy Glow by Soul Keeper. So, yeah, you mentioned Dealer. Um, obviously worth it to throw in Alpha Wolf. Some other bands I thought that Soul Keeper sounds like are Lotus Eater and Sleep Waker, Falsifier from Canada. Um, but basically, even though almost none of the bands I just named are from Australia, this is like what I think of as Australian metalcore. So, like, this is something that Jake and I have mentioned a couple times of the last three or four episodes. In case you were like, what are they talking about? But you kept listening. This is what I mean by Australian metalcore. Like, that nasty shit the guitar is doing over top of it all and like the super like drop tuned fucking doom, doom. Uh, like you can just picture the bit like the strings just like wobbling kind of heaviness um it's very trendy right now and they're like right on the cutting edge of this soul keeper i, I like the sound a lot yeah no honestly like i love shit. tom morello <laughs> honestly though yeah <laughs> from, like from raging yeah. at the machine just doing fucking weird shit on the guitar Dude, you know what for I mean? real it's super good though i love this sort of shit and i mean like Soul Keeper, you know, just to, you know, throw this out there, has no allegations against them right now. So, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I was a big fan. And I feel like I said this about some other band before. So, you're going to have to bear with me here. But I'm getting huge Dillinger vibes from this band. I just picture them being sporadic and crazy and all over the place. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think you said the same thing about uh, Toothless. And now that you mention it, I would kind of compare them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, I really liked this stuff, and I think it really does fit with <laughs> what you're calling uh, Australian core, because the only two bands I listen to that I would recommend this like to, as we've said, is like Dealer and Alpha Wolf is like the bands that I'm, you know, picturing for this for. But uh, it's definitely a, uh, I think this one has a lot of that like new metal feel or like an industrial feel. Do you know what I mean? For sure. I think about that a lot when I like listen to bands like this is that it, they are very like sporadic, chaotic and have that sort of like new metal like like you said industrial alternative sort of feel. I think that musically Soul Keeper is like packing some of the same energy as classic and like beatdown hardcore but with the production and the sharpness of like modern metalcore and new metalcore like you're saying. Um which is like a really interesting combination that I think is defining this real this subgenre that we're talking about. I think they're doing a similar thing with the lyrics. They're like combining the anger and hate and like need for change that comes from the hardcore side of things and and punk. But like from metalcore, they're taking this like self-reflection element of lyricism and it's kind of combining for this like despicable but connectable flavor of like self-contempt. So it's like I would compare it lyrically to I don't know if you even remember telling me about these guys, Tyler, but do you know the band Desolate from New York? Yes. It, it reminds me of Hikikomori. Like, it's just this, like, self-reflective, kind of, like, that self-loathing need for change. Song slaps. I would throw Desolate in the same rough category. Yeah, they're definitely in there. 
and like honestly they are my favorite of this like like we were talking about it like this new wave of like metalcore this like as Houston calls it like Australian metalcore or whatever like they're they're legitimately my favorite of this new wave especially considering like and that we keep coming back to it but especially considering like dealer and everything like i really liked them and it just sucks you know that their vocalist had to be shitty i will say this if you're looking for something that sounds like this especially on the vocals but a little bit more kosher based on that context i have a little whack thing i don't know if it's like a coincidence but um and you guys might not find this as crazy as i did but when i realized i was like oh it all makes sense so did you know about this tour at the beginning of this year it was headlined by spite and under that, it was like a huge tour. It had varials. Yep. Soul Keeper actually played on that that tour, I think, for uh, like a couple dates or a one date or something like that. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm going to hint at here. So it had uh, varials, I Am, Orthodox, and Dealer was was one of the lower bands just because they were, they're still getting big. And now I went to this show with Tanner in Greensboro, um, which was not too much of a drive for us from Charlotte. There's this band I think sounds just like soul keeper i was like listening to soul keeper and i was like what do i think this sounds like and i'm like going through all my music and i realized it's the same band that i the way i found them was they opened for this tour and then as you said tyler this soul keeper also opened for the same tour so this band is called discerner they're from raleigh a very similar sound yeah you do so crazy yeah a, a friend of mine actually used to play in discerner really yeah, his name was Rob, um, and he played in Discerner. He actually just recently left the band, I think, like, today or yesterday. Um, no. But I, think <laughs> I don't know if it's because he's doing his own solo stuff or whatever it may be, but, yeah, Discerner was solid, dude. My mind is getting blown right now. <laughs> I saw Discerner opening right under Dealer and then, you know, opening for all these other huge fucking bands. And I was like, they're pretty dope. And so I looked them up and I've been listening to them a lot. And I've just been waiting for them to drop a full EP or LP so I could show them to you guys. And I'm sure I will bring Discerner sooner or later. But I saw the same poster when I was looking at Soul Keeper's Facebook page. And I was like, hold up. That's where I saw Discerner. And then it all clicked. I was like, yeah, dude, this is a big sound right now. Like even in the underground. Isn't it weird how it all connected? Like I know, I know Discerner and you, you know, you brought me on and I brought in like Soul Keeper and it like they were on like the same tour, just on different dates. Like, yeah, it's small so world weird. shit. But, uh, yeah, I don't even know if there was like a point to that story other than like, this is whack. You guys think this is whack, right? <laughs> so you guys are like, yeah, it's kind of whack. And now I feel like totally verified. I- <laughs> all right so that was the song heavy glow by the band Soulkeeper. that's their newest single definitely go check them out uh if you want to listen to like something that's dope and yeah so uh houston i know you have a band i'll let you take the stage all right so this is our last band we're going to talk about and we'll wrap up the episode this is our breakdown of the week breakdown of the So this week's breakdown of the week is a, I mean, you guessed it. If you've ever listened to any episode before, it's sort of a hardcore, um, beatdown hardcore band from Texas. The band is called Tooth and Nail. They just released what I believe is their debut EP coming in. It, it's probably the shortest one so far, eight minutes and thirty seconds. So if you thought these other ones were shower records, this is a real shower record. Houston, quit trying to make shower record a thing. It's not going to be. It's going to be a thing. <laughs> it's already a thing because I said it is. The song I want to show to you guys, off double negative, Man in Ruin. Yeah. 
Dude, I feel <laughs> sorry. I feel I feel bad for you because I feel like every time we bring bands like and we're having to do each other's records, you know, you're like, all right, Jake, here's this, uh, you know, maximum ten minute EP for you to check out. Just have that ready for the podcast. I'm like, all right, Houston, here's this forty five minute to an hour and ten minute uh, album. <laughs> Go ahead, yeah, give like, this one. A- <laughs> here's a ten minute EP. The last <laughs> the last song on my album is longer than this EP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last song was like 10 minutes long with its own lead-in acoustic classical track. And my guys, they're like, yeah, we got fucking eight minutes of making your ears bleed. Literally eight minutes of fucking like, like it's literally like a breakdown compilation. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, all, that's all the bands used to break. That's the Houston special. It's just like, uh-oh, they ended the breakdown. Oh, shit, it's a slower and heavier breakdown. Dude, like, legitimately, like, it, it, that's exactly what it was like. Like, I started it, and I was like, all right, this is kind of cool. And then it just got slower, and I was like, oh, shit. Was, I think it got, like, slower again, or the riff changed. And I was like, what is happening? I was like, the is this even the same nasty. song? Dude, the fa- the stank face just keeps getting worse and worse until you look like the hollowed out album cover. <laughs> I literally just start like sinking like into the floor because I keep just like cr- like fucking scrunching myself up from how dirty it is. I look like a fucking squished can. <laughs> My mom says if you listen to this kind of music too much, your face will get stuck like that. <laughs> yeah, so this is Tooth and Nail. Um, like we said, it's just eight and a half minutes of just absolute... I mean, aggression seems like a vast understatement. So I take it you guys like it? Vile. Oh, you know, Putrid. honestly, it's, it's fucking, yeah. It's mean <laughs> as shit. And, like, in a good way. Like, it's so good. And, like, it's weird because it really is. It's like, it's like a breakdown compilation. Like, honestly, this shit, just the entire thing is just heavy and mean. And, like, it's got some cool sort of sounds on it. I do believe that the the snare tone on this album is something that I took note of that I really liked. The only, like I like the snare tone and like the tom tones. I didn't really like the kick tone as much, but like other than that, like I I think like this album has some really good tones overall. Uh the vocalist's lows, like his like normal like default scream uh reminded me of like the dude from Ocean's 8 Alaska's lows. Um it, just that sort of like I'm constantly gritting my teeth and like just trying really hard to get as low as I can or whatever. But, um, his highs though, his highs are actually what like struck me as unique and interesting. It's like the vocals of like Spite and Body Snatcher, which is like the flavor of this type of music I like. But it, it's not like those bands in the sense that there's not really like the death metal y type parts to it. Like the, it's more of just stays to like the breakdown part of it. Like the, like at its base, it's just a hardcore, you know? Yeah, I would definitely throw on like Kublai Khan, Varials, Body Snatcher, the whole list. As like, oh, I, I'm tired of reading it's the whole the same, list. Yeah, you have the same list ready. You're like, <laughs> I'm gonna break it out again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just keep it on a sticky note by my computer. <laughs> what I like, I mean, there's two things I would point out with this record, both of which tie into this one theme: just dynamism. It's very dynamic. It changes a lot um, more than some other records of the same genre. So, whereas some of the other records I've brought that I loved in the same genre have been like oh yeah this one's really groovy like falsifer or like this one's just really heavy like almost deathcore like divine hatred this one i would say is not just groovy not just raw riffy not just breakdowns or beatdowns or anything in particular i'd say it's all those things mixed together at different moments like a tossed hardcore salad it's got some angry lettuce some beatdown beats all hardcore toss your salad <laughs> i had I'm a sorry, feeling like- you were gonna say that when i 
when I planned this analogy. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, like, YouTube video, 10 hours of Tyler tossing salad. <laughs> <laughs> that literal salad. Right in front of my salad? On top of the uh, instrumentals, on top of the music, as you already got into the vocals, the vocal variety on just eight and a half minutes is insane for this genre. Normally with like hardcore beats and hardcore, um, your vocalist is bringing a unique flavor, but not always so much variety, right? He's got some well-executed, if not standard, hardcore vocals throughout, but he's also got some like almost deathcore lows. Um, like yeah, the layered stuff at the end of that song we listened to, Man in Ruin. He's got, and as you mentioned, some of those higher pitch screaming like in Tombstone and some really high like piercing screeching vocals in Get Well. And it's just the kind of contrast you you don't really see in such a short amount of time normally within this genre. Dude, I... <laughs> you know what my uh, first thought on this uh, record was? What's that? You know me, I'm a very... Uh... I like to look at some album arts, you know? <laughs> I, I I feel bad for whoever's really into stoner metal and just saw this and was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> then just got smacked in the fucking face, you know? <laughs> it's like an acid trip. So that's uh, Tooth and Nail with Double Negative out June 3rd. The song was Man and Ruin. Definitely check it out. As always, you can find it on our playlist. Um, I think we're going to wrap up the episode here. Yeah, so thank you to all our bands, Tooth and Nails, Soul Keeper, and Live Burial. Thank you. And thank you, Tyler, for being on the episode, dude. It's It's been a blast. Yeah, man, thank you. Honestly, I always love doing this. Honestly, I, we, we should just do this all the time. If you're listening to this podcast right now, High Wraith by Tired Violence is already out. You can go stream it right now. The episode's over, so you've got no reason not to. Do it. <laughs>